Yo, my people, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Meaning of Life from Case Perspective. Come on, this is the facade of the beautiful game, part two, season three, episode six. If you've read the description below, you already know what you're going to be listening to. Enjoy, listen responsibly, and listen safe. And I'll see you guys at the end, yeah? Let's get it, come on. You can still be anything you want to be. Went from one to four to one and three. The audience, I hope you can understand where I'm coming from. So at the age of 35, Michael, you've now retired, you've now, you've now announced it. You've retired from the beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Did you ever envision yourself as a counsellor? Because <laughs> doing, doing, doing my research, research on you, you know, a little spy at MI5 here now. Yeah. Um, I saw you were a counsellor, but, mm-hmm. but you retired. Like, your mental health, it, it, it must have taken a toll, literally. Um. <laughs> So, did you ever envision yourself as a counsellor? And what made you decide to become one? Okay, let me tell you this quickly. So, basically, um, when I signed for Canviard, which is a non-league team, I, I signed there, Craig, thinking to myself, you know, I can, because it's part-time, be training on a Tuesday and a Thursday and play on a Saturday, it it frees up time during the week for me to try and think about other things. So, for me, I wanted to use utilise that time to try and find the next chapter in my life after I leave football. Very but, smart idea. Yeah, but I didn't know what that was. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that if you ask a lot of footballers, they don't know what they want to do. Do you know what I mean? They don't know. And what, what they usually end up doing is going down the pathways that they normally go down, which is coaching, personal training, or, or, or being a pundit or commentator. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, it is. So what you have to realise, I said to myself, is that if you go down the punditry route, um, it's a saturated market because there's only so many jobs out there. If you go mm. down the coaching route, Again, it's a saturated market because there's only so much jobs out there. Um, and, and personal training, that might be an idea. But I ended up going on the, the coaching route because I kept thinking that I could, you know, coach uh, locally at my area and, and and maybe do a coaching role at, at Charlton because it's my old club and blah, blah, blah. That was my thinking. So I did my coaching badge and I became a qualified UEFA B coach. Uh, it took me 18 months to do it. Um, and and then what I realised, Craig, with playing football and doing the coaching, it was a nice little balance. It was a nice balance that it was working. Yeah. But what I realised, Craig, after about after getting qualified and, and coaching, I was I was coaching my son's uh, primary school, and um, what I realised was that I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy coaching. I don't know why. I just didn't. There wasn't a buzz for coaching, uh, mm. and I end up thinking to myself, I don't want to do this no more. So I, I stopped coaching. I just stopped, stopped coaching because it wasn't for me. And mm. then I thought, what am I going to do now? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try and be an agent, a football agent, but be like one of the honest football agents that really support individuals and really have the interest at heart of the individuals and yeah. really, you know, be with them. And um, so I was about to go and do my uh, uh, agent's exam. And I spoke to a good friend of mine who was, who was an agent at the time. And he just shared some harrowing stories about how other agents hijacked uh, your, your deals and you know, all this sort of stuff. And I was thinking, do you know what, mate? I ain't getting into that 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 shark infested water. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not doing that. So I had to then think about what I wanted to do, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, Craig. And all I all I decided to do was I was I said, no, let me just go back to university uh, college and just do my maths and English again, and just get my my mind back into academia and see where it takes me. And so I remember walking to I went to Goldsmiths College down in New Cross uh, first, and I was in reception for about ten minutes, and no one wasn't paying me no mind. So I just thought I just walked out cussing them saying what kind of rubbish stupid university is this and no one not pay people no mind and ends up walking up to Lucian College which is just up the road and I walked yeah. into Lucian College and I spoke to the woman and I said look I don't know what I want to do this is my career at that time Craig unbeknownst to me I wasn't aware that when I was at 
Canvey Island, players would constantly, constantly kind of say, Mick, you know, can I have a word? I've got this problem going on. Mick, can I speak to you about something? Mickey Dave. Because you're the older player and had like professional experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it was that, do you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, okay. And then it was like, you know, when you're, when you're warming up, you know, uh, they come as come next to you and warm next to you, Mick, I've got problems with my girlfriend, what do you think I should do? And then, you know, on the coach coming back from games, it's like, Mick, you know, um, my mum's struggling or my dad's divorcing, what do I need to do? And I, it's all those questions, Craig. I'm like, <laughs> why, why do they, why they just keep coming to me for? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, 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 what's the Allow me, Lee. Yeah, Lee. Can give I'm me peace. Tired, yeah, I'm tired. <clears throat> and then <laughs> I, I mentioned this to the woman in, in, the, in the Lucian office, the, the careers officer, and she said to me, Mr. Bennett, I said, yeah, she went, I don't think you need to do maths in English. I said, what do you mean? She went, from hearing your story and your experiences, um, you should do a counselling course because you've very good, good good, active listening skills. I said, counselling course? Active listening <laughs> skills? What are you talking about? She was like, no, no, no. I really think that from your football experience and you know, your listening skills you've got and players are drawn to you, you know, counsel will be ideal for you. Craig? I just said, yeah. where where's this come from? Where this this counselling course... It's come from the clear blue sky because it was nowhere on my radar to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. And so she said to me, just do an introduction into it and say you can get on and see if you enjoy it. So I said, okay. So it was a free, the 12-week introduction. And the first thing I did, Craig, was that everybody comes in and sits oh. in a circle. It's called check-in. And everybody mm. starts talking about what their week's been like and what's happened to them. And, and I'm sitting there going, these people talking their personal business in front of people like this. What, what kind of rubbish is this? Yeah, what's going on? What's going on here? So I'm like, nah, bro. This I don't do this stuff here. My mum and dad just says, "What goes on in the yard stays in the yard." You know what I mean? So 100. So so you come and talking about this business and that business and this. Nah, 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 nah. This ain't for me, bro. This ain't for me. Yeah. But yeah, there was yeah. something that kept me going back week in week out. And then the, the tutor just said to me, "Look, Michael, we realise that you're not really engaging in the check-in. You know, if you want to be do this work, you're going to have to let go and 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 and, and be honest and and trust." And take it from there. And from when he said that, Craig, about four to five weeks in, I decided to engage. And, and I decided to engage more about football because football was the main thing that was going on for me, you know, all that stuff about football. And then once I engaged, Craig, it was just like, oh, my gosh, this is this is me, bruv. This is, I found yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I found something. And that was it. Um, I, I did that and qualified in 2004, became a uh, personal centered psychotherapist, mate. Wow. that That is amazing, you do. From you just not engaging, then the guy telling you like, mate, if you want to do this, you're going to have to, you have to, you have to going to be attentive and, and engage mm. with people. Yeah. 2004, you're now a counsellor with mm. all this professional experience. So now we know what made you decide to become a footballer counsellor. Mm -hmm. Like, did you enjoy being a counsellor? Like, enjoy hearing other people's stories? Yeah. Do you know what, Craig? I'll say this now to you. I enjoyed, I enjoy what I do now much, much more than I did ever playing football. Um, because, you know, people, you have to have something about you for people to want to be able to open up and talk to you about personal stuff. Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. people just ain't going to just talk to you about that stuff. They've got to trust you. They've got to see something in you that enables them to feel comfortable and confident to share that stuff with you. So for me, you know, having individuals um, do that for me was was major. I mean, I think for me, when I, when I, when I came a qualified counsellor, I'd retired from, I walked away from football at 35. I retired, I retired myself. I didn't, football didn't say, we don't want you no more, see you later. I'd said to football that I've now had enough of football and I'm walking away. So yeah. for me, I, 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 I left football on my terms and a lot of players yeah. don't get to do that. 
Mm. Um, and that's what caused the issues for him. So I then decided that um, I'm going to walk away from the game and I'm going to really push on with this counselling stuff. Um, and I got a job working for an organisation called Turning Point, which is young young people counselling service. Yeah. Um, and 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 basically what that what that gave me was uh, it gave me a foothold into kind of getting a better understanding about life outside of football. Um, you know how to do your expenses, how to do you know write your reports. It was a real mm. good learning thing for me. But it, it, it enabled me to go into schools, and I was working yeah. in behavioural problem schools in South East London. And one particular school, um, they wasn't really keen on. Uh, and me going in there and being a counsellor, and and why they, is that? I don't know. I don't know whether because I had a they had a, a female counsellor in there already that this this, this headmistress had brought in, uh, but there wasn't uh, a, a male uh, therapist, and there and, and also the school was predominantly an Afro Caribbean school, about seventy five percent Afro Caribbean school. So mm-hmm. the, um, the, the the one of the, the the mentors in the school felt it'd be really beneficial for the school to have a, a male black therapist. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent, which was me. So. Um, the, the headmistress, you know, kind of said, "Okay," and she said, "Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, refer a client to you, a student to you, and at the end of the day, we we'll see how you get on, and then we'll take it from there." So it was Craig, she gave me this young lad uh, called Lopez. You got my I mean, his name because he you know, he's a good lad. Uh, and Lopez was in this room, and Lopez was um, didn't want to be there, just didn't want to be there, just you know, didn't want to yeah. be there, you know, just spinning on in his chair. I don't want to be here. All this what stuff. And we was in the room and we was talking and then, you know, at the end of the end of it, he was kind of like, you know, um, you know, he wasn't talking, he wasn't engaging at all. I just, he was just sitting there. And it, was, it, it was fine. So he then says to me, oh, sir, what time we finished? I said, look, don't call me sir. Call me Michael or Mickey, like, you know what I mean? He said, oh, okay, Michael, how long how long we got to be here for? I said, we've got another 20 minutes. Oh, okay. So then he carries on spinning on the chair and then he says, um, sir, I said, what did I say to you? He said, sorry, sorry, Michael, what team do you support? So I said, oh, Man United. He was like, oh my gosh, how can you live in London and support Man United? I was like, let me guess, I bet you're an Arsenal fan, isn't it? He was like, yeah, the best team, the best team. <laughs> I was like, and, and that, from that, Craig, we just engaged. Yeah. We just, we oh, just, that, that is lovely. we just started talking like, you know what I mean? And then we, what, we, what we did was, the, the Pips went for his next lesson and he was like, oh, Mickey, can I stay with you? Can I stay with you? I was like, well, what lesson you got? He said, I've got English. So I said, let's go walk to English and speak to your teacher and see if she's okay. And then we'll we crack on. So I went to his English class. I said, sorry, miss. Um, Lopez would like to stay, stay with me. Is that okay? She went, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Keep him, keep him, keep him. That's what she was like. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was yeah. like, okay. And then we, we just talked. We just walked around the school and we just talked around the school, just talked around the school laughing. And then as we were coming towards the end of the day, we kind of bumped into the um, headmistress and we was laughing and joking. And you could see it in her face. Yeah. What? How, what's, what's going on here? Like, you know what I mean? What, what, what's all this laughing and joking business? You changed and, the atmosphere. Changed the atmosphere, and then I, I left there because I only worked in school once a week. Yeah. Craig, when I came into school the following week, yeah, the receptionist who paid me no mind the, the week before, yeah. Oh, Mickey, morning. I was like, raw morning. You all right? What's going on here? What's going, going on there? Mate? Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Um, come through, come through. Oh, what's going on there? Well, oh, I don't feel too comfortable now. What's going on there? <laughs> so here's your here's your pass. Yolanda said, "Thank you." She went, um, "We've got a car park space for your car park space is number blah blah blah." I was like, "Okay." I was parked by this way. I'm parking on the main road, you know. I've got no parking space in that. <laughs> You've got parking space. Um, you got a locker for your bags and stuff. Okay. Um, and we've even given you a classroom. A what? We will give you a classroom for what? What are you in the classroom for? She went, "Oh, look in your pigeonhole." I said, "Pigeonhole? What? Have I got pigeonhole as well?" She was like, "Yeah, yeah, look in it." Great. The upgrade, you know. Rav. They took out one letter in there, one piece of sheet of paper. 
And at top of it, yeah. at top of it, it said the Mickey list. I said, what's the Mickey list? Okay. <laughs> 25 students' names on the list. I said, what's this? She went, Mickey, I don't know what you did with Lopez last week, but he ain't stopped talking about you. And, hey. now, and now everybody wants to come and see Mickey. So I'm like... God is good, man. God well, is good. Lo- uh, Craig, so for four years, I was I did all that work there with a the school that I absolutely loved working with young yeah. people, listening to young people, encouraging young people. You know, I think the young people saw a young man, former player, black man, from local, doing this yeah. work. And it just it just worked, mate. It just worked for me. Yeah. That that, that there is amazing. I, I was I was smiling. I hope the audience is smiling because if you hear this, him not wanting to engage and everything now, like from being an ex-professional footballer, retiring on, retiring on his terms, now to become a counsellor in the school, getting someone to open up. And now if, I, if I'm correct, you could correct me, but Lopez may have been like, the troublemaker, like the teacher, the, big, the, big, big the troublemaker. The students, that teachers were just like, nah, God, yeah, God, keep God, it, God. yeah, yeah. Special measures because when you say keep it, keep it, yeah, yeah, we're just probably thinking, yes, lovely, and you're probably thinking, oh, well, well, I've got myself yeah, into for now, real. for real, yeah, for okay, real. okay. So now you're a counselor at school. Were you also a counselor for um football players? So what happened was once once I started the, the work with Turning Point, I then set up my company called Unique Sports Counseling. Yeah, uh, and yeah, the idea behind the company was that I wanted to um, go into sport and offer counselling. Like I yeah. said to you earlier on, when I got injured, there wasn't any therapy or anyone to speak to. So what I wanted to do was offer a service which was um, private, confidential that sports people could access and yeah. and come forward and talk about that. We're talking about two thousand five, Craig. By the way, you know what I mean. This is this yeah. was my idea in two thousand five. Um, oh wow! So. Yeah, yeah. So the idea was to go into the go speak to sports people. They can come speak to me about any emotional stuff they got going on, and and I have that space where you know they're not the, the football club or the sport doesn't know they're speaking to me. And safe space. It's safe space, private, and confidential, and you know giving them the time to talk, talk through any issue. And I, I found I, I tried to do that, Craig, and you know I went to a, a number of different clubs, and once they heard the word unique sports counselling, they heard the word counselling, they just thought. No, negative, negative. Like, you know what I mean? No, I don't want to, don't, don't want to do it. Because the macho man is, is coming through. Yeah. You want to call it the toxic masculinity era. No, yeah. I, can't, I can't be doing this. Can't be yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of that, like, you know what I mean? Uh, neg- negative connotations. And even when I went to the PFA, who I work for now, and I spoke to them about doing this work, it was like, um, no, we're not ready for this yet. We've got an organisation called Sporting Chance that do all this work. So we'll let them kind of do it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that was in two thousand five. Uh, wow! And, and so, so yeah, so so the company was was, was set up then. Um, as I said, I tried to break through, um, but you know, I, I got a few kind of working gigs, but I, you know, I didn't get as much as I, I thought I would. And that's probably why I had to get another job, that sort of turning turning point job, to kind of subsidise my, mm. my 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 private my private company company work. So so yeah, so that was the reason behind setting up the company, mate. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's very informative, you know, because a lot of people are honest when they come to you that their business not doing their best. So I thank mm. you for your transparency. You know? Yeah. Um. So as you're a counsellor to like football players, um, I think like the whole of the footballing world, not me, because because I, I was pretty young you know, when mm. I played the wrestling. But um, as I did my research, I think this coincides with the time that you were a counsellor in 2011. If mm-hmm. I'm correct. Yeah. Um. Um. Okay. This is a bit heavy, but. In 2011, the former world's manager, and he goes by the name of Gary Speed, tragically committed suicide. And in the inquest, one factor was believed to was believed to be due to managerial stress. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. 
So after his death, was there a shift in footballers opening up in their mental health? Because um, I saw a video, and it must have been like the last interview before he um passed away, and 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 he didn't really look too good. He looked like you know when you can tell when someone's engaging and mm. and everything, you can tell you can see whether there's basically like a facade or a bravado going on. Yeah. It seemed like you you could see that. So was there was there a shift in footballers opening up, and was the negative connotations of uh, mental health and counselling removed? So basically, what happened was Craig. I think I didn't left. I got the role at the PFA as education advisor in 2007 stroke eight. Uh, and I left the school school environment, which is a really, really big, massive, uh, big deal for me. Cause that was really loving and enjoying working with young people. And, I, and I'm still, still in contact with these young people now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's how the relationship I built up with them. I left to, to go to the PFA and I wanted to go into the PFA to do the work that I was doing in, in, in football. Um, and so for me, I was working as an education advisor and that was to educate players around the importance of whilst playing football, getting education at the same time. So yeah. when football says, thanks, but no thanks, see you later, at least then you've got some sort of educational pathway to go down or I'll have. So that yeah, back up. Yeah, so that was my role then. But when I was doing that, Craig, I was also kind of saying to players as well, because I was going into clubs and speaking to players about this. But what I was also doing is saying to players, look, you know, here's my business card, work card. If any, any of you want to talk about any issues that you've got going on uh, away from the football club, you know, we can do that as well. So I was, I was, I was kind of giving that information to them kind of under the radar as well, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. And then what was happening, Craig, every time I did that, a number of players were coming and ringing me up and saying, oh, Mick, can I chat to you about this? Similar sort, of, similar sort of thing to Canvey Island, like, you know what I mean? Can I have a chat to you about this? Mm. And it just kind of grew, it was growing. And then obviously the Gary Speed situation happened. And, and at the same time as Gary Speed situation, Craig, people don't really understand this and realise this. Where I was doing the work with the players around, um, you know, offering them counsel and support and all that sort of stuff, I just decided to devise a kind of a handbook uh, with my colleague Simone Pound at the PFA. And we devised this handbook called The Footballer's Guide to Mental Health in, in, in Football. And all, all of the handbook was, it was like a cartoon kind of uh, handbook, but it just talked about stress, anxiety and depression. And what, yeah. we try, what we tried to do was just do a little cartoon story of what stress might look like from a football context, what anxiety might look like from a football context, and what depression might look like from a footballing context. Do you know what I mean? And, and we handed this out. And all the clubs around the country, we handed it all out, like, you know what I mean? So when you've got this book going out there and it's out there, and then you hear about Gary Speed taking his life, it was like the phones just rang off the hook, Craig. They just yeah. rang off the hook. Um People looking at the booklet and thinking that's them. People looking at Gary Speed and thinking, you know, this man, this player, this this manager was a was a top top professional player, uh, yeah. role model. Um, and at the time of his death, he was a manager of managing his country. You know, he's taking his life. What, what's that about? What is going on in that, in that young man's mind for him to take his life? And this caused the players, both former and current players, to to want to seek support. Um, and in that season, Craig, I ended up going and seeing 57 players all around the country. And, oh my and, gosh. And we're not talking about one minute, one sessions and that. We're talking, we're talking about four, five, six sessions with them. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Uh, and so then I just said to the the, the, the organisation, I said to you know, Gordon Taylor, my, my CEO, you know, you know, Gordon, it'd be beneficial for us to set up a player welfare department that we solely deal with the emotional side of the game because yeah. players have... Have, have issues just like anybody else. You know, people look at footballers and think, oh, they're footballers, why should they have any problems? They're earning loads of money. Well, that, sort of stuff. That, that, is, that is the biggest it's, it's bundle all, of truth I've ever heard. Well, it's, it's, it's all nonsense, Craig, because as I said to him, yeah, some might be, 
But remember, it's a they are they are a person that plays football. Do you know what I mean? People just think of footballers. No, I don't look at the footballer. I look at the person that plays football. Do you know what I mean? That's the person I'm dealing with. The person. Mm. So, so for me, it was a case of you know implementing this department. You know, emotionally support for the players, getting the players to understand that it's the key thing for me. Craig was making them aware that this is all private and confidential. No yeah. one knows anything about what you're doing your club don't know your manager don't know your wife don't know your girlfriend don't know your mum and dad don't know unless you want to tell them it's fine but you can come and use this service it's all private confidential and that's when the, the player welfare department was set up in 2011 okay okay that that is amazing 57 people multiple counseling sessions i can just i could just say right now you probably you definitely changed some lives definitely. i definitely believe so definitely believe so and even with the tragic death of Gary Speed, you know, it's very sad what happened. But even with his death, you can say there, there was one good side, if, if someone can allow me to say that, mm. is that his death kind of had like a negative impact because he was such an influential man, over 500 appearances in his footballing career. I think that's like one of the most, like, like one of the most appearances in yeah. the footballing league. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And then that happens. And now people are thinking, oh, wow. He's died, but I feel like I'm identifying with this depression, anxiety. Because there's a lot more to, to just kick on the ball. You've got mm. to think about the stadium, the, the the whole financial situation that you're going into. So I'd just like to say thank you for sharing that. No and you mentioned the PFA, Players Football Association. But what, what is the Players Football Association in its so, entirety? So the, so the PFA is Professional Football Association. And um, the Professional Football Association is, is the union for the players. Okay. So it's a union for the players. Which was, which was, it was formed in 1907. And the idea behind it was to make, initially was to kind of implement su support to players around contracts and disagreements, and all that sort of stuff. And then the, the unions, it's just, just, it's just grown from there. Um, so, okay. the, so, so the main main uh, work for the, for the union is is supporting its members, both former and current members. Um, and then what we, what we do with the organisation is very, different departments that support players so you have uh the community department that does the community work with, with players we have the um I call it in diversity department you have the um coaching department you have uh marcy my the partner welfare department you have the commercial department uh you have the um what's the other departments you've got the benevolent department uh, you've got the accident insurance fund department there are loads of different departments and what, wow. I, will, what I will say craig as well is that when you when you sign your contract at sixteen at your club, um, you become a PFA member. And what people don't realise and understand is that when you sign your PFA membership at sixteen, you are a PFA member for life. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So basically, you know, even if you don't get your professional contract at eighteen, you're still a PFA member for life. So you yes. can access. If if Marcus Rashford wanted to access, uh, I don't know, um, commercial stuff to set up a set up something up for himself not that he needs to but if he wanted to so could craig if craig had signed for uh late orient uh, a 16 year old and become a pfa member so mm. you, the access you you still get the same access as anybody any of the top players or any players all get the same sort of access like you know what i mean so that's key and that's the one message that i try to get out there to the players because i think players leave the game thinking that because i'm not playing professional football anymore i'm not part of the pfa um, yeah. But you are part of the PFA. You're a PFA member for life. You're part of the family for life. Like, do you know what I mean? So, so that's what the union's about. You know, we we, we get our monies from the TV deal, TV monies uh, from Sky through the Premier League. Um, that, that enables us to kind of support our members, mate. Okay, thank you, thank you for giving just just a, just a lovely insight because I feel like 
I'm a, I'm not no footballer, but from from an audience's perspective, they may think like, oh, it's just for Premier League footballers, no. just for the top football yeah. footballers. But it's just, I I love how it's just for everybody for the Premier League, to Championship, to League One, to League Two. Like, and, and those who retired, mate, those who retired twenty years oh. ago, they can they can access it. I mean, the education department is the, the biggest one of the biggest areas of our work yeah. at the PFA, and a lot of players and former players, you know, you know, come back. You know, the problem that you've got, Craig, I find people that we're going to go talk about mental health and stuff. You know, yeah. when I said to you earlier about players leaving the game, um, they leave the game not knowing what to do, not knowing what no. to do. You know what I mean? So you know, you, you might be twenty five, and you know, you you don't get a new contract. You know, you might think that you should get paid till you thirty five, but you know, transitions happen a lot nowadays. Like, you know, you could have a transition, you know, back in the day when I played, the transition at the game professionally was 35. You know, yeah, uh, the transition yeah. at the game now could be 18, could be 21, could be 23, could be 25. There's so many different transitions at the game nowadays. So what we found was that players, when they left the game of football, they were used to a particular lifestyle. They were used yeah. to a particular wage that I was earning. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And what, what happens is when you leave the game, you know, football, you know, pays decent money. You're not going to get that same sort of money when you leave the game of football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if you become a pundit or um, just even take the educational route, because mm. from earning like 30 grand a year, you know, imagine, just, just just think about it, this, Michael, and the audience. Imagine earning £30,000, um, 30, yeah, £30,000 a week in the yeah. Premier League. Yeah. Then... Imagine that someone's yearly their their, yeah. their, their annual um salary. That's what I'm and saying. And then then you leave, then you become a pundit. You're earning like sixty k, fifty, forty mm. k. I don't know. It, it, it's big. People may not think of what well, I earn thirty k, but yeah, they have a certain lifestyle to maintain. They have kids. Do you get where I'm coming from? Yep, definitely. So Definitely big, big, big transition, but, and this is the thing that I'm trying to get people to understand. Like, you know, I mean, people think that you know, all these people are earning millions of millions of pounds. As I said before, there's a percentage that earn that good vast amounts of money in the game yeah they, they are but then you've got the other ones that you know uh, will, will, will definitely have to work when they leave the game you know what i mean that you know football's not going to leave them with bundles of money and the millionaire they can live this millionaire lifestyle no they're gonna have to work so yeah. the, bit, the difficulty that we've got and what i'm finding is that when you leave the game your your lifestyle has to change Mm. The lifestyle has to change. You know, the cars that you drive, the house that you live in, you know, that has to change. And then what happens is you still got to pay your bills, Craig. You still have to yeah. pay your bills. And what individuals have to do, then they have to get a job that enables them to pay their bills. So what happens is they're now doing a job that they have to do rather than mm. a job they want to do. Yeah, that's big because you can do something that's good, but you don't necessarily like it, but you can that's do something the- that... That you enjoy, but that that, that doesn't pay well. So where are you gonna find your balance? So you're gonna do something just for the sake? Are you gonna work? What, what what do people say? Uh, that 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 statement. Um, they wanna live. They they wanna work to live, not yeah. live to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. And and the idea is is you 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 work to live. You know what I mean? And and, and not not live to work. You know what I mean? But but that's what happens. And so you have this individual then who's work is 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 living to work. Um, and he's in a role that he doesn't like. Do you know what I mean? He's in a job that he doesn't like, doesn't get enough fulfillment out of liking. You know I mean, so imagine that, you know, having to wake up, you know, and go to a job that you don't like or don't enjoy, but you, you still got to put, a, you know, still got to pay your bill. And, and no, no disrespect to them, a fair play to them, like, you know what I mean? They're, they're taking responsibility and they're doing it. But, you know, there's, you know, I've, I spoke to loads of players, former players that have come on to me and said to me, like, you know, I've had to pick up a job that it's, it's half decent money, but, you know, I, 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 I go in, I get up in the morning, 
I, I stand in the same spot at the train station on the platform. I get in the same seat in the morning. I go to work. I do the same thing nine to five. I get back on the platform. I get the same spot, my same seat. I come home. Do you know what I mean? And, and these are the these are things that they're, they're sharing with me, like you know what I mean. And you know, yeah. they're saying to me, you know, my my well being is, is kind of suffering because I'm not getting enough fulfillment out of it. You know, yeah. and that's the, the passion's gone. Passion's gone, like you know what I mean. And that's the, and that's where the mental well being issues start to 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 to, to kick into place, mate. Okay, thank you, thank you. So you've mentioned the PFA, what the PFA is, and you're the director of player welfare. Yeah. So forgive me, audience, if you're listening to a repeat, but just briefly, what do you do as your role of the direct uh, as the director of player welfare for the PFA? So my the, my role as a director of player welfare is to is to implement uh, support for 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 the members, is to look at what sort of emotional support we can offer at our members around their emotional well-being so for me like for instance i implemented um we've got a, a thing called a nationwide network of counselors so as i said yeah. to you earlier on that i was going around the country and speaking to 57 players you know um i was i was burning myself out so what i decided to do was work with a company called sporting chance yeah which is, which is run by T tony adams kind of you know i've kind of uh, implemented it and what was what i decided to do was you know they have they had a cohort of counselors that they use they did their residential uh service self-addictions so uh gambling uh alcohol and drugs they do a residential program for 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 those individuals <clears throat> but they do also do an aftercare program when you leave residential you get some sort of therapy to kind of help it back in the community yeah so basically what i did was i kind of used their counselors uh which i think was 28 of them i think it was 20, 28 of them i think it was yeah 28 of them and basically regionalized the counselors so what would happen is that i would go right they're all they're self-employed they've got their, their self-employed therapists so they're not they're not they're not um they're not hired by the pfa they're just self-employed therapists and what i would do is that if a player come onto me and was living in lived in i don't know uh, birmingham for instance um, I would do the assessment with the player on, on, on the yeah. phone or the face to face, and then say, right, I will. I'm going to pair you with a therapist in the Birmingham area. Uh, yeah. You're going to have to make the phone call and sort out the times and dates to meet that individual because I need for you to buy into the process. Um, they then phone the therapist, and then they just they, we give them twelve counselling sessions. Craig, where they just go have twelve free counselling sessions with the therapy therapist yeah. uh, once a week or twice a week. Depends on how they want to do it. And we just give them that. We give them those counselling sessions free, and they're just gonna have counselling sessions. Um, and that's that's kind of how that started. To date, I've got two hundred and fifty plus therapists around the country now. Congratulations! Yeah, that's, that's a that's a big achievement. Even if you just look at from the unique sports, yes, then to now, that that that's a that's an amazing growth story. You know, I'm coming from yeah. the audience really do understand. Yeah, and I think the idea behind it was that um that that was in two thousand twelve stroke thirteen. We we implemented the, the, the the counseling network and and so today you know we've got that number of people and as i said it's, it's kind of we've got we've got sporting chance that kind of run it for me for us because it cut it, it grew so big and i couldn't do it myself like you know what i mean yeah and then and then in 2013 i decided that players were saying to me that, that some of them weren't comfortable speaking to counselors counselors face to face because of confidentiality and all that sort of stuff yeah and so what i implemented then i implemented the 24-hour telephone helpline that players can ring up and speak to someone on the telephone any time of the day, any time, and have a chat. It's anonymous, uh, and have a counselling session over the phone if needs be, or we can kind of triage them and point them in the right direction to what sort of therapy or emotional pathway of support they need. Mm. Um, so we we did that. So that was another thing that I kind of implemented for the for the players. Uh, and then the last thing was for me was that 
I wanted to deliver workshops around mental health and well-being to players. And so yeah. what I did was I devised a workshop that was, looked at mental health from a football context. So the idea was that, you know, when you ask individuals what mental health means to them or what they think about it, ordinarily they will say something like, oh, it's padded cells or it's, it's, a, it's a, people walking around mad on the road talking to themselves. Asylum. Yeah, asylum, all that sort of stuff. And I said, yeah, that's, the, that's still your mindset. But mental health is around us constantly. We've all got mental health. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's positive or negative, we have it. You know I mean? mm-hmm. So what I try to get to look at is what is what is what can bring on positive. Uh, oops, sorry. What can bring on negative mental health in football? And then we ask them questions. You know, what does that look like? And we, well, what does mental health look like? What does mental health mean to you? What does well-being mean to you? And we have a kind of a group conversation, and then we go right. Um, what does mental health look like? How can your mental health be impacted through football? And then we start talking about. It and we say right, for instance. English might not be your first language. That could impact your well well-being. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You could be living, you could be a South London boy living in, I don't know, Newcastle. Do you know what I mean? Um, and you're used to particular food and you're used to particular things and you're not people, getting, culture, 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 all of that, all of that stuff. stuff. That can impact your mental health. Long-term injury, I know what that's like. You know what I mean? When you're not in the team and you don't know how long you're gonna be out for. Change of managers, change, change of, of man- wage. Change of wage, you know, a marriage breakup, a girlfriend leaving. Um, you know, birth of a new child, you know, yeah. all, all of that stuff there, is, 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 it, it impacts individuals. And they didn't even know it, Craig. They didn't even know that this stuff impacts them. And then when we start yeah. when we start talking and to the younger players, you say, what else impacts you? And they talk about, oh, um, you know, trying to get a contract. And if I'm, am I going to get a contract? You know, the pressure from my family because, you know, I'm seen as this the new best thing and the pressure from my family. So I've got to try and please the family. Even when I'm in school, you know, I'm, I'm classed as this guy who plays for Arsenal or Chelsea, whatever, you know, and everybody knows me and, and I'm the top person in the school. That's pressure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, everybody wants, everybody wants a piece of you. Do you know what I mean? It's constant. Yeah, yeah, constant. yeah. So, so these are the things that they have an impact on their mental well-being, and we get them to think about. So I was, I, I say to them, I say to them, right before we start, you know, from a physical aspect, how can you, how do you look after yourself physically? How do you look yeah. after yourself physically to be a footballer? Well, we, you know, we train hard, do weights, you know, eat right, drink right, sleep right, you know, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Because, cool, that's cool, right? So, how do you look after your mental health? How do you look after your well-being? What do you mean? Well. What, what is mental health? I don't understand. You see what I'm saying? So they know, yeah. they know how to look after themselves physically because it's normal, but you can't have one without the other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so 100%. If your well-being is not right, let's say for argument's sake, I don't know, I keep saying this, but if you, let's say you split up with your girlfriend, do you know what I mean? And yeah. you've been together for three or four years and you love her and, you know... It's kind of hard, you know? Hard. Of course it is. Is, is that going to impact your football? Of course it 100%. will. 100%. Of course it will. Do you know what I mean? Or you have a, a, a definite family. You know, it's gonna, yeah, it's going to impact your mental health. Do you know what I mean? But we don't put yeah. the two together. No. Nope. So I just get them to think about what does that look like and how. what do you do if those situations happen? Where do you go? Who do you talk to? What do you do? Yeah. And then I say because to it's like go, yeah. go on. No, because it's like what you say. Um, I, I love when you say this, you know, I've been looking at your interviews and there's one thing that you always say that, that stands out to me. An audience, I hope you're listening. Even if, you, if you're if you struggling with mental health right now, this will help you. If you get injured, so mm, like, um, yeah. like Michael, he, he got, um, you know what I'm about yeah, to say? Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you injure your ACL, where do you go? You go to a hospital, mm. you go to a physiotherapist. Mm. Now, if, you, if, if, if you're suffering from depression, if if you're constantly feeling like your anxiety, you're having panic attacks, where do you go? You you go to a therapist. Mm. You go to someone that can help. You go to a counsellor. Mm. So people need to understand that 
when you speak out about your mental health, it, it doesn't make you weak. That's like, then if you want to use the same logic, that means, oh, if, if I don't go to the hospital, that makes me weak. Yeah. No, you're looking after yourself. Yeah. Same way you have to look at, you, you have to look after your physical body. You need to also look after your mind as well. Because mm -hmm. like, I, I was even just thinking about recently, like, I, I, I'm at college and I'm studying law and business. Mm. And I'm just thinking, th this coursework is a lot. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, I can understand why people get so sad, so low. Because just thinking, I've got to do this, but who can I talk to? Mm. We have therapists. So as footballers, any sports people, go to someone like Michael. Go to look at the PFA. Go go get your go get your mental health checked out, honestly. Yeah, honestly. no, it's, 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 it's key, Craig. It's key. And that's why I'm trying to... Just trying to all I all I do in my work and going back to my role as I said is is it's constantly doing provider support for players. Um, it's constantly trying to raise awareness. Constantly, you know what yeah. I've, what I'm trying to do now is that I realise that the more we have more players talking about their mental health and well being and their experiences, it's going to encourage other people to come forward and talk about their stuff. Do you know what I mean? And that, what I'm finding is that the stats that I've got to hand um, shows that the numbers are growing. So in 2016, with 160 yeah. people use the service. 2017, it jumped to 403. 2018 went to 438. 2019, we were 650 something. And 2000, uh, 2020, uh, the last time I did it in October, the numbers were 500 and something. Um, the, the numbers dipped in 2020 because of obviously the pandemic and the lockdown. Uh, people thought that it should, it, it should be more. But what we found, Craig, was that because of lockdown and because people were in, 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 you know, stuck at home, um, and couldn't get out and couldn't do anything. People were what, what I found speaking to people afterwards was that they, what they were telling me was that because they're at home, there's no privacy. You can't make no phone calls. You can't speak to no one because everybody's on top of everybody. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, um, houses, houses yeah, packed. Packed. You know what I mean? I mean, some people telling me that they to to continue their therapy, some of them have to sit in their car and do it by FaceTime in their car. Like you know what I mean? Just to get out of the house to do their therapy. So yeah. so for me, what it shows me is that the work that I've implemented uh, has grown year on year. Yeah, um, I think lovely. It's, it's, it's been very, very good. I think the key for me was the big jump from 2006 to 2017, from 160 to 403. I think that big jump came because I did my first PFA mental health conference at St. George's Park in 2017, October mental health, World Mental Health Day. And we invited staff from clubs to come along. Uh, and staff to kind of come in and listen to what the work that the PFA is doing and what we're trying to implement, how we're trying to do it. So they, so these staff members could go back to their clubs and share this information so people would know where to go to get support. So I think what happened was, was that staff were bringing the information back to their clubs and when a player had a problem, they knew where to point signpost them to, like, you know what I mean? So that's why the big jump happened from 160 to 403. And I think also in the afternoon session, we had the players talking about their mental health. So players that had gone public around their mental health and talked about it we had them in the in the in the, in the conference doing a q and a yeah. q a with them and and them sharing their experiences and sharing what they would like you know and you know all that sort of stuff and, and club officials were listening taking it on board and going back to their club so i think that's why the, the numbers have kind of grown year on year mate so i did a conference 2017 2018 and 2019 yeah. and, and they, they went down really really well uh, unfortunately didn't, want, did, didn't do one this year because of the pandemic so so yeah, yeah so i think that's why you know it, it's, it's growing that, that that is amazing i just, I just want the audience just to applaud michael bennett literally right now do, do you see that growth from 106 to 403 mm. then like the the work that you're doing is it's amazing. I don't feel like you understand or you grasp it. I don't, like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> but 
That, that's the good thing. Like you're just doing it. That shows you're doing it out of love. You don't really care about statistics. Mm. Of course, you want your thing to do well. You want your plan to go well. Because at, at the end of the day, this is your job. Yeah, you know I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah. But you're, you're just doing amazing work, and I hope people and footballers can can really understand that they have someone to talk to. That, as, as Michael Jackson says, you are not alone. Yeah, for real. And, and, and the PFA will always be here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, definitely. But um. As being a role model, one thing that I realised, um, well, I'm not, I'm not a role model anyway as a footballer, mm. but um, you said you signed on to, uh, you had to sign on, and now we're going back, ro 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 rolling back the years. Yeah, go on. Um, you, you are a role model. People have known you, if I'm, I'm guessing, playing for the top footballers. Um, I'm guessing fo footballers do have their fair share of incidents. You know, look at Wayne Rooney, scandals. Every, every footballer has literally ha had a scandal, mm. but... No, no one tells a, a footballer to become a role model. Like, it, it's my job. I'm not supposed to be here to, to influence kids. Maybe I should from a moral side, but do you think being, like, what do you think about footballers being role models? Because they do slip-ups and in the media, they're, they're, they're getting slammed by the sun. And, and I know these various news articles are not upholding that, well, you're a model to young kids. Mm. Like, what do you think about that, honestly? I think that what we have to understand is that they're human beings. You know, we're all human beings and we're all susceptible to to uh, make mistakes. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think because it's in footballers and the higher profile footballers, they're, in the, they're, they're more in the public eye. And, and and so, you know, the scrutiny on them is is, 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 is massive. Um, role models, it's, it's a difficult one because I said to you earlier on, you know, I just come to play football. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, I just, I don't see myself as a role model. Um, I just come to play football, but you know, uh, for me as 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 an individual, you know, I, 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 I have to uptake being professional. I have to uptake, you know, realizing that that, that there are thousands of people watching me, um, and it can be yeah. it, it can be hard. It's, it's hard on players at times. You know what I mean, Craig? I said the thing for me when I played was that we didn't have social media when I played. So when I played, it was just like you played, and then you just you know Saturday or Sunday you look at the newspaper and see what people have written about you or what ratings you got as from them like and that was it, it was, yeah I think, do you know what I mean I think that probably would have helped yeah you, of course because in this day and age social social media as I like to say is a very it, it's the silent killer cool. it opens up because um lo loads of celebrities footballers and non-footballers like imagine you post a lovely football um comment like I scored a goal got the man of the match you have your fans supporting you and then you have that one you may see that one comment like you're this, you may see a racist comment say you played so bad. Yeah. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And you and you can't and it and it may stick to you. You're just thinking, oh my gosh, yeah. and and you start to get worried mm. and it creeps in. But I believe in back in your day and your era, social media not being the it was a good thing because you, you you never got opened up to people slandering you like they do slandering you right now. Mm. No, I mean yeah, for 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 me for me, um, yeah, the biggest issue that I've got with players now is is the social media. Um, again, as you just said there, you know, it is that you know you might have twenty thousand followers on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And you know, nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine would say positive things, but that one negative thing, do you know what I mean? Uh, basically, you know demoralizes that individual you know the whole weekend is just mash up because of one negative comment like you know what i mean and 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 what footballers are saying saying to me is that you know being on these social media sites it just get, leaves, leaves them open for for any and anybody to attack them do you know what i mean 
Um, yeah. And so what they're doing is that, you know, it, 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 it does impact him emotionally. You know, you look at people like Zaha talking about the abuse that he's got and, you know, Sterling and, and, and these individuals talking about the, 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 the issues that they've got, you know, they've been faced with and stuff like that. Um, but I know a number of players, um, more so younger players, who basically just closed their social media accounts because, because of it. Like, do you know what I mean? So it is, it is, it is a massive, for me, it can be positive when it's used right, but it can yeah. obviously negative uh, connotations with, with it as well. So I, I totally understand. I totally get them. And, and I realise that, you know, this is, it is, it is having, having a real uh, negative impact on individual individuals. So, so yeah, it's something that needs to be looked into, mate, because you, you're right. You said the word silent killer. It, it, it can, you know what I mean? And then, as I said, if you're not, where do you go with that? Where do you go with those emotions? Where do you go with those feelings when, mm. you know, people post that? What does that feel like? Who do you speak to? I mean, these are the things that I kind of keep going out there and keep saying to them. If you're feeling this way, call this number. Come it, to the PFA yeah, it's here. with open arms. Yeah, it's here for you. It's a service that's private, confidential. It's a service that's free. I'm blessed. I'm blessed because I go around and speak to other sports who don't have the financial uh, backing that I have in, with, with, with the work that I do. Do you know what I mean? They don't have it. Um, so for me, it's like, you know, um, I recognise that. Um, and that's why I keep pushing. You know, this is a service available to you. Come and use it. Uh, it's there for you. Uh, and in this, in the, and I'm not looking at it from a football perspective. I'm looking at it from a holistic perspective. I'm looking at it from you as a person. Yeah. You as a person have been impacted by something. Let's talk this through, work it through, so it impacts your your life positively, not just from a football yeah. perspective, but from a personal perspective. Because people tend to look at footballers and see them as I'm doing this. I've got, I, I've got this girl. I've, I've I've got this baby. I've got this lifestyle. Yeah. They need to strip it back. Break away that glass footballer, and then you see, you see Michael Bennett. You don't see Michael Bennett that 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 had had a hundred and fifty appearances. Mm. That 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 scored the goals. You see Michael Bennett, a man that was once suffering, a man that that had to once go sign on a man that's footballing career basically kind of got messed up by a footballing injury. Like people need to kind of take that in a bit more, but. Honestly, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Now, we're just going to wrap up now because yeah. we know this has been very long. I just like to say to any of the listeners still listening currently, you, know, you already know how we do it on the meaning of life from Chris' perspective. I'll probably um, cut cut this up and call this a part two. But I just like <laughs> to say, now, honestly, I'd like to say thank you for being attentive, you know. Um, but now we're going to just go on to the wrap up questions. Yeah. Um, now we're gonna take you out of that job. We're gonna stri- we're gonna strip away the the Michael Bennett PFA. Now we're gonna get to know you as a bit of a person. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, if there was anything you could have told your younger self, what would it be? Um, from a from a football perspective, it would have been to hold on to my beliefs as a footballer, um, yeah. play the way that I know that the football should be played. Um, Play the way that I was brought up to play football, and 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 voice voice what I thought was going on rather than kind of just uh, thinking it but not saying it. Yeah. Um, from a f- faith perspective, I wish I would have been able to learn that the pathway that God's already got in store for us has all been planned already. So Amen. so to just enjoy the journey rather than keep questioning him and keep asking why me, how come, what for. I know at times yeah. it can be kind of, you know, what's going on here. But I think the key for me was that, you know, I realised that God's got a plan already and it's, it's, it's in plan, it's playing out. So I've got a saying, Craig, that I just, I live by now is that I let go and let God. Um, and, and and by letting go and letting God, God's, God's, 
going to do it anyway. So I just let him do it. Like, mm. you know what I mean? So, so for me, I feel, I found out because I had that mindset when I first became a Christian, uh, the, the walk might have been a bit more easier. Um, uh, <laughs> but I do, I do also realize that I've also realized now, Craig, that what I went through in football yeah. was all part of getting me ready to do what I do now. 100% it was a little learning curve. Yeah, all of that. I went through the football experiences, the managers leaving, the clubs, the changing clubs, all those experiences that I went through was all getting me ready to utilise those experiences in the work that I do now. Mm-hmm. That, that is lovely. Let go and let God. Yep. Let go and let God. What, what also says in the Bible quickly, um, lean on God and not on your own understanding. understanding. Yep. Don't lean on man because man, man, man will, will fail us. I hope people don't think I'm talking slang like man. This, yeah. but humans <laughs> as, as a whole will, will tend to lie and let us down. But God is not a man that you should lie. You know what I mean? So mm, just put your trust in God and look, yeah. look at the path that He's created. Of course. Okay. And you have, quickly, um, do you have any funny footballing stories? Fun. Like any like one? Uh, funny footballing stories. Now you put me on the spot. There. I can't even think now, mate. <laughs> Ten years, Michael. You must have some. I don't even think, some. mate. Um, oh, I'll tell, yeah, no, tell you what, what, what happened. You, you know, the Wimbledon is known as the crazy gang. You know, if you look some, do some research about the Wimbledon crazy gang, you'll see yeah. some of the stories that go on in the club uh, at that time when I was joining. Um, they were talking about, you know, burning people's clothes, um, putting deep what? heat in people's pants. Do you know what I mean? When you put your pants on after your shower, you put your pants on all deep heat in there, all you know, burn up your burn up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all them sort of stories there, like you know what I mean. They've um, even got a Wikipedia. I'm looking at it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, they got it, mate. Crazy again, proper crazy again, like you know what I mean. Driving your car, putting stuff in your car, all sorts of stuff, crazy. So for me, my when I sign for them, um, they, they kind of you know you, you you're expecting to get some sort of uh, 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 welcome, welcoming, like you know what I mean. So, so I basically decided that I wasn't going to drive my car in. I parked my car around the corner and walked in. Uh, so my car wasn't in the in the car park. I decided to wear an old tracksuit because I really think they're going to cut up my tracks or burn my clothes. They're the things I used to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so I've gone in. You know, I've gone into the first day training, and I've gone in and basically put my Gone into the change room, put my kit down. Hey, what? Said hello to everybody. Da, 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 da. Well, no, nice to meet. You. Welcome to the club. Da, da, da. And then, uh, but I'm still Craig. I'm still kind of apprehensive, thinking, oh, what's going to happen there? What they're going to do? Like, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we go out to training, and as we go out to training to the training pitch, um, they've got this kind of square, like it's like a um, four poles with strings around yeah. it. So I'm like, what's going on here? It was like yeah. a box, it was like a boxing ring. It's like a boxing ring in, in on the training ground. So I'm like. Huh? Don't tell me that they're gonna do some boxing thing with me now, like you know what I mean. So now yeah. I'm going, oh, what's going on here? So I was to get closer and closer and closer. The manager comes out. The manager's got boxing gloves on and he's got a set of boxing gloves in his hand. So I'm like, oh, don't tell me they're gonna tell me to do some boxing thing now, like you know what I mean, like you know what I mean. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my god, here we go. So we get there and then there's a player called Dennis Wise, uh, and Dennis Wise was trying to get a, a move to Chelsea at the time. And the club wasn't having it, and they wanted more money for him. And you know, the, the manager said, "Look, let's just let's just let's just get it out of our system. Let's just, let's just have it out." You know what I mean? It's a boxing match. Wait, who should have the boxing match? Him, him, and Dennis Wise. Do you know what oh I mean? my! I'm like, oh, good, okay, cool, cool. I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. Like, you know what I mean? So they put the boxing gloves on, and then ding, ding, you know, off they go, and they're like sparring, sparring, jabbing, 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 and then it gets bang, bang, bang. They're going for it, like, you know what I mean? Then all of a sudden, Dennis Wise just does this this punch to the ribs sideways. Ralph, when he punched the manager in his ribs, I just said manager just reeling in pain. Oh, oh, oh. 
like that. Yeah, no, let that. me get that transfer to Chelsea, mate. And then he, and then he was like, you know, okay, like, we're going to get that transfer to Chelsea. And then Dennis Wise went a couple of days later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dennis Wise, you legend, so that, you absolute legend. Yeah, that's, that, that's the kind of one I, can, one I can think of that comes to mind, mate. And then, funny enough, Dennis Wise ended up playing over 250 games for Chelsea. Imagine if, yeah, little, imagine if they never had that. Imagine if they had never had that little fight, the little sparring session. That's what I'm saying, mate. Because because he wanted to go, that they bought me to take his place. Oh really? So he they bought they, yeah they bought me me to take Dennis Wise's place, and Dennis Wise was you know wanted to go to Chelsea, but they couldn't sort out a transfer fee. So that that happened. So that was my first day uh, that I learned being a Wimbledon. And so that was the funniest thing I saw, mate. And funny enough, how ironic that that happened to you not long ago. Yeah. When you were 25, like yeah, definitely. Well, well, yeah, but. It, if you want to look at that for that quickly, that's basically like the footballing life. As soon as you get old, they're looking, they're looking to look, bring in the new academy players. Then yeah. you have to move, and then and then again, what are we saying? Mental health. Oh my days, a younger player. Am I going to be getting playing there time? There you go. Yeah. And cycle continues, mate. Cycle I, continues. I've learned. I've learned. I've learned. Cycle continues. So when you're when when I was younger, and I remember it playing the game, and I knew that the person in my position, that person, I could see that person was scared. Do you know what I mean? But I'm just I'm just trying to get the team. Um, so, so I knew that experience straight away. So when it was happening to me, uh, more so when I was at uh, Canvey Island, like, you know, because that was when I was, you know, I think for me when I was at Canvey Island, the, the lucky thing for me was that because I was studying at the time, because I wasn't playing, it didn't wasn't so painful. Yeah. Uh, because I was studying to be a counsellor, I could see that my counselling thing was going to be my next pathway. So I didn't allow the fo- football to have a negative impact on me when I wasn't playing. Uh, and that was yeah. my saving grace. Oh, wow, 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 wow. You, you, got, you got saved by the bell, saved yeah, by the God, honestly. Definitely. Okay. So, Michael Bennett, director of the player welfare for the PFA, former footballer. I'd just like to say thank you so much for dedicating your time. No, my pleasure. To, on this podcast and for your contribution to the footballing world. I, I, I honestly don't doubt that you've made an inspirational change and a positive impact into footballers' lives. As you said here now, you, you, you don't really care about it, so I just pray God, God will bring you up to even higher places. Mm-hmm. You'll continue to make an, a, a, a greater impact and life will be living lavish and, and for you and your wife mm-hmm. and children, you know. No, thank you. Appreciate that, mate. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you. No, well, very enjoy myself. You're doing, doing some good stuff here, mate. You know, keep 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 up the good work. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So just one, one last thing, yep. one last thing. Yep. I'm definitely going to chop this into like 5,000 episodes. <laughs> but, um, is there any acknowledgements that you'd like to say to anybody? Um, yeah, just quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, you hear people talk about giving thanks and praise to the Lord, you know what I mean? Um, uh, and, I, and I truly, without the Lord's kind of guidance and the Lord's kind of, you know, ordaining my steps, I don't, I'm not, I'm not here today. I'm not doing what I'm doing. So, you know, first and foremost, I'd give the man upstairs the, the, the biggest praise for, you know, at times, you know, hearing me moan and complain, why am I going through this? Why me? Why me? Why yeah, me? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and can't see the bigger picture. Uh, yeah, I'd like to give him the praise for that. Um, obviously, my parents who, you know, instilled in, in me, you know, the, the importance of trying to be myself and, and, and integrity and honesty and all that sort of stuff uh, and having respect and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, my sister. Uh, and, and obviously to my, my my wife, you know, who's been we've been together for thirty four years and married twenty five wow. years. Uh, you know, it's been a kind of you know been there when I first started the football journey. You know, when we used to get we used to get bus to events and all that sort of stuff. Um, and she's been there and seen the highs and the lows and all of it. Like you know, and it's like, shout out to her. You know, yeah, you shout out to 
that's just amount for, for 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 being on that journey with me and obviously my four children you know christopher adam ethan and hannah holly um you know that continue to encourage me to continue to progress and continue to push on and and, and what, what i will say craig is that you know please people out there that are listening um don't don't um don't limit yourself don't don't um, you know, put a ceiling on where you can go. Do you know what I mean? Don't, 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 don't limit yourself. Just, you know, just, just keep striving. You know, keep going. Believe in what you think, what you believe in. As I said, I, I you know, my pathway of getting to where I am right now. My cousin said to me uh, a few years ago. He went to me. How did you create that lane that you're in? I said I didn't create the lane. Like, you know what I mean? Um, it just happened. Do you know what I mean? The Lord just made it happen. So, so you know, just you know, you might not be where you want to be right now. Um, Doc, Doc Rivers, who's the former New York Knicks, New York New York Clippers manager, now I think he's now I can't remember what club, what, what club is at the moment, but he's he changed to a new basketball team. Um, he, I remember him saying one thing that I always remember. You know, he used to always go to his family's house in the summer, uh, summer break, and and do a cookout and stuff, and be watching the basketball matches on the on, on the on the TV, and you know, com- be complaining about why he should be there, he should be there, and you know, his mum used to always say to him, Doc. You're right where you're supposed to be. So, so for people who are kind of thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? You're, you're right where you're supposed to be, um, and, and just just keep striving. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Meaning of Life from Case Perspective, man. That was the facade of the beautiful game, the finale. Guys, um, I really hope you've enjoyed both parts listening to it, taking something away from Michael's story, you know, from him being the head of PFA, the, the director of player welfare for the PFA, and as a professional footballer, like the journey that he's gone through from being released from the from the injury, being told that he'd be up from six weeks, then to like nine months, and it, his mental health just going all over the place, as well as the physio just. Uh, the it kind of messed him up I'll be saying well, imagine what I feel like is if he never had the knee brace in the first place or something the swelling wouldn't have occurred that bad but I guess that's what you call a misdiagnosis you know it happens it happens and that's what that's what that's what the beautiful gaming tells you know injuries low-key depression back in them days he didn't have, even have a proper therapist that the club could provide for him for him to talk to if he's feeling low but guys you already know you have someone to talk to if you need me to put like um, descriptions of numbers that you can ring, confidential numbers if you're feeling low, if you're feeling depressed or anything, if you're going through like sexual abuse, literally anything, I'll leave them in the description below. I love you guys lots. Please share, please like, and I say subscribe, but this isn't YouTube yet. I'll see you guys later. Enjoy it. And the next episode I'll be dropping is Victim's Guilt Part 2. Come on. Nothing I can do now to right my wrongs I wanna talk to God but I'm afraid Cause we ain't spoken so long To the hustlers, killers, murderers, drug dealers, even the scrippers. Jesus was with them. To the victims of welfare, feel we living in hell here.